Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'ma start it off the jump. Right out the trunk, I ain't no punk. What? I'ma start it off the jump right out the trunk. I ain't no punk. This that West Coast punk. Don't let the shit bump. Papa caught up in the game. I grew up in the same thing. I ain't never banged though. I just did my own thing. Learn from my lessons. And I'm never ever gon' change. Tryna feel that sunshine. Walking through that cold rain. Crumbling up them cookies. Blowing this Kurt Cobain. Robbing no Batman. Break your back, man. No bang. Igniting shit. Spit that fire shit. Propane. Let them know, man. If you bang, let your sack clean. Show respect, man. Protect your family. Even if it means by any means necessary, hereditary, this dog ain't passing me, mom's a professional, handle shit with mastery, in any situation she adapts to win anything, in addition to that occur many enemies, human life forms with demon-like entities, remember them hard times, including when we was homeless, remember when my sister's in the hospital feeling homesick, fucked up, how they talked about my mom's fault, shit, we still suffering through life, but never lost it, pray to God against all lies, that Tupac shit, thug life, even though it's hard, I still love life, one price to pay, people you better come right, come right. Yeah. It's a straight West Coast thing Get your hustle on, boy, let your nuts hang You in the game, let your set clank Young bird, show respect, man FDA, this ain't a game But you know we on that street shit Put your ass underneath this well-kept secret Gotta watch your back when they creeping Fuck them policemen Yeah, look, uh This that straight West Coast thing Get your hustle on, boy, let your nuts hang You in the game, let your set clank Young bird, show respect, man. FDA, this ain't a game. But you know we on that street shit. Put your ass underneath this well-kept secret. Gotta watch your back when they creeping. Fuck them policemen. Yeah. Remember when I was younger, yeah, we used to meet up happily. Now the only time we ever meet up is a tragedy. Death make the living cause chaos in they family. Pressed with decisions that I must decide accurately damaging. To your mental when this shit happening. Demons in my mind, but I never stop battling. Angels by my side have faith is how it has to to be face of a desperate man, be capable of anything. Beware of this man, ain't afraid to lose anything. Example, he would spill your blood like some Hennessy, like some of your enemies. Used to be a friendly, but he kept meddling with that smooth heroin. Used the wrong medicine, thinking they getting better when that pointed burst left them cursed forever. Damn, damn. I know how the shit go. Dope man get his dick licked for a hit hoe. Dealing with the stress, life is a mess. No matter what the birds say, I come correct. See them zombies on meth. They they gon' slice your neck, so the blind devil invest. But I kick knowledge, try to do my best. My success is my failures, over and over again. So I keep pushing over the edge, so I get to that one huge win. Yeah, it's a straight West Coast thing. Get your hustle on, boy, let your nuts hang. You in the gang, let your set clank. Young bird, show respect, man. FDA, this ain't a gang. But you know we on that street shit. Put your ass underneath this well-kept secret. Gotta watch your back when they creeping. Fuck them policemen. Yeah, uh, look. This that straight West Coast thing. Get your hustle on, boy. Let your nuts hang. You in the gang, let your set claim. Young bird, show respect, man. FDA, this ain't a gang. But you know we on that street shit. Put your ass underneath this well-kept secret. Gotta watch your back when they creeping. Fuck them policemen. Yeah. West Coast thing. Let your nuts hang. Show respect, man. All right. That was West Coast thing from Birdie. I'm just some guy named Jay, like I've always been. And welcome to the country. Yes, yes. Let me go ahead and. Throw them claps on it for it. Okay, my sound effects is a little late. It's all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the country. All right, so let me go on ahead and bring on Barbara, the country cleaning lady, and then she's going to interrogate Birdie like a cop. Barbara, the country cleaning lady. What's going on, Papa? <laughs> Just doing your show. <laughs> it's all right. And on time, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
Not like last time, right? <laughs> I know, right? This this been long in coming, so we gonna we gonna go and get the Birdman taken care of. Yes, yes. Hold on one quick second. Barbara, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. I just want to make sure the sound was better. All right, let me go ahead and bring on Birdie. Uh oh. Birdie. What up? Hey. How's it going, right. everybody? Now, Everything's all uh, right. We, we doing well, man. All right. Well, I'm set back, and uh, and Barbara, the country queen lady, is gonna gonna take it from here and get all up in your business. Yes, I am. I've been watching you all over on um, Instagram, your little shows and stuff you've been doing. I know that's right. Keeping it busy, keeping that exposure going. That's a that's a good thing. I want to congratulate you on West Coast thing, the media exposure, and Birdie music because we're gonna get into that. My my first question to you though, Birdie, for Utah, where you come from, lately they've been putting out a lot of solid artists, whether it's been R&B, rap, or hip hop. Why is that? What is the influence that's motivating? I would just, or uh, when it comes to hip-hop, it's what I grew up listening to, and then also, like, my parents listen to oldies, R&B, you know, like disco, all kinds of different styles of music besides just hip-hop, so then incorporate that, like, into hip-hop, and just, I grew up more just relating to hip-hop also, just with how they talk or what they speak about, or just some of the stuff that some other artists have went through, you know, the famous artists, so it's just, I can relate more to hip-hop, and it's just kind of the style of music that I got into, and also just I like poetry since I was in high school, so it's just kind of more easier to do it in, in a song when it comes to hip-hop especially. And then, you know, coming from also like writing it like a poetry way too. So there's all kinds of different ways, I think. And then all music's kind of made hip-hop, so it's just kind of it's what I kind of fell in love with and got good at doing, I guess. Mm-hmm. What was the first song that you fell in love with that was hip-hop? The first song? Mm-hmm. The very first song you heard, everybody mostly say um, Boogie Down Productions, um, The Bridge Is Over, uh, Dougie Fresh. But for you, what was the first song that you heard that made you fall in love truly with hip-hop? When I was little and younger, I'd probably say, like, uh, the Coolio's Gangster Paradise and, like, the Five On It song, like the remix one especially, and then just... I had, a, when I was younger, like the Straight out of Compton and the Doggy Style CD was like the first CDs that I had. So I was like in fourth or fifth grade when I heard those. So I think a lot of those songs was kind of like yeah, the inspiration for especially falling in love with it at first, yeah. What about the songs that caught your eye? Was it the lyrics, the artist himself, his confidence and personality, presentation of the music? What caught your eye about the song or the person? I just think it's that they were just telling what they were going through, and I was hoping it was the truth or the way that they can tell stories and, and rhyme. And I just I kind of fell in love with, like, a lot of aspects of it, just, you know, the stories of the people. Like, I, I get into, like, the artists that I listen to. Like, I'll go and find out all the other artists that they work with or who, you know, they've got famous with or the ones I've seen growing up. So I just think, you know, it's just kind of telling, you know, uh, their point of view of where they've come from in kind of more of a raw way, you know, more of a harder way, and then it's kind of, depending on, like, the style of songs, but with, like, those artists, I just kind of like how they told their stories and, you know, they were just, you know, didn't, you know, they took a risk to be as real as they wanted to be. Okay. And see, hip-hop being a controversial concept because you do have a lot of artists who fade the funk that are not really as they rap. You know, you come to find out somebody rapping that they hardcore and come from South Central, actually come from suburbia, um, you know, south side, you know, somewhere in the nice home mm-hmm. because it's all about persona. But you studied at Salt Lake Community College. What was your discipline there and what made you pursue hip-hop instead? Um, e- even before I got into college uh, a couple years ago, like back in 2011, because <clears throat> in high school I always wanted to rap, but I kind of gave it up and stopped. But I got into like a studio that I was working on out here in Salt Lake and it was like I was I was learning how to sound engineer and mix and do all that kind of stuff in the studio. 
And one of the mm-hmm. artists there asked me to go in the studio and kind of freestyle. And I went in there and I freestyled and, you know, I was like, oh, that was cool. And I got out of there and he was like, that was a freestyle. He's like, oh, that was, you know, that was pretty good. He's like, you know, you should make more songs. And then I just kept making more songs and learning more at the studio. And then I wasn't really like pushing like music then. And then a couple years later after that, I finally started doing shows and it just, all the feedback I get kind of has been good. And I'm just trying to be truthful and tell my story. And then also, you know, give like my persona of how I think of things and certain, you know, depending on, you know, what it is that, I'm making a song about, and I just think it kind of took off from there. And from what everybody else is giving me feedback, it's kind of what made me keep pursuing and pushing it. Okay. And as a you know young artist in hip hop, as we said, hip hop is given many different platforms. I mean, most of them wrong or misunderstood. Um, for me, hip hop was a movement that represented, like you said, you're right. I mean, because me at 44, I was more with the Dougie Fresh and the LL Cool J crew. Most of the music for them was about their lifestyle, truly the way they live, and truly a better way for the guys and for the girls. I mean, you know, some of them rap the, the things that they really saw, which, again, hoes being hoes, other things like that, but it was a truth of what they saw. But a lot of it for some of the ladies, Queen Latifah, um, Monifa, and um, Moni Love, and a few others, they wanted it to be a more positive movement for the women. What does hip-hop on both sides mean to you? So for women and men? Mm-hmm. I think um, especially nowadays we only got kind of one big, huge female rapper. And, you know, I like Nicki Minaj and I like the point and everything. But, yeah, we don't have one that's kind of standing up, I guess, like a Lauren Hill or, like I said, Queen Latifah, who's actually speaking, you know, something of the truth or something right more for, you know, women and, and their rights and everything kind of like that, I think. But at the same time, I think right now, you know, she's kind of the biggest one pushing it to kind of keep female rap going. And there's a lot of younger ones who are starting up. I don't really listen to a lot of them, but I've, like, heard of certain ones that have been coming up with female rappers. But I don't know. I think there's some girls that could even, you know, kill guys, like like Rami Ma. You know, she's a she's a really good artist. So I just think it's kind of the, the same. It's just depending on the artist and depending on, you know, I don't really see it as I just think, you know, men and women, especially when it comes to it, you know, it's kind of equal. And I just think, though, it's hard sometimes, like you said, especially with certain things like, you know, calling women bitches or hoes or certain things. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, some, you know, and just, just kind of like how, how Tupac says, and kind of my opinion, I'm not saying all women, but, yeah, like you said, well, there's some women you see growing up that are, you know, hoes or some women mm-hmm. that you think are, you know, just as an emotion, go, yeah, she's a bitch, you know, just out, of, just out of something. But it's just like you're not going to sit in, you know, that's not what you believe constantly, but it's just, you know, it's, we're all human and we're all going to make mistakes. So if you happen to make a song like that, sometimes I see hip hop as a way, you know, cause you can tell real stories or sometimes like the party songs, you do talk about that sometimes more. And I don't know, I think it's just dependent on the person and how they speak. And cause I don't, I don't know. It's just, and then based off emotion too, we are artists. So, you know, that's why I, I think it's, you know, there should be more empowering type of music, but at the same time with the emotion mm-hmm. of adding to other things, sometimes it, it does come out and you do make a song like that. Okay. Well, birdie music. What made you come up with the concept of birdie music? Um, it's just kind of what I started, just as like, uh, just on my Facebook page. I actually am doing the. Eventually, when I get bigger, it's going to be Fly Distribution Entertainment and or Fly Distribution Academy. It's kind of like the label or the record thing or my independent. You know that I'm going to be starting mm-hmm. my own group or whatever it is that especially when I get taken off more that I could put more money into making my own company and doing all the same things mm-hmm. that all the, all the major people are doing, you know, and offering all the same services, but in my state, and then also continuing being an artist. But for now, yeah, it's just birdie and the birdie music is kind of what I'm doing, but that's eventually what it's going to be. So if you want to change it too, I say birdie communications coming or, or telecommunications. I mean, I, I see leaving the birdie in there. I don't, I don't think you should take your uh, hook out. But, I mean, okay, you go ahead. What you want to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Thank I you, but I'm probably going to change it yet to the – well, it's not changed. It's already started as the fly distribution entertainment. Mm-hmm. So that's eventually what it's going to – you know, because birdie, because the fly part, and then distribution, because I'm going to be distributing music, and then entertainment, because okay. it could be just, just beyond hip-hop, like, and, you know, a lot of different entertainment stuff hopefully I can get into. But for now, hip-hop is what I'm kind of pushing a lot harder because that's what's going to get me started into everything. Okay. With a single West Coast thing, how did you come up with the lyrics to it? 
just kind of telling about my life and about things that I've seen. And then kind of the chorus was just based off of I'm a big, you know, West Coast fan, especially, you know, of, you know, that style of music. And that's mm-hmm. like a lot of the inspiration of the artist. So that's kind of like the chorus. And I just put it together with, you know, how, you know, my own style and mm-hmm. came up with that. And then the verses are more of telling you a little bit about, you know, my story growing up, you know, especially when I was younger, you know, being, I was a lot younger, yeah, for a lot of the lyrics that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the influence that kept you from the streets? From the streets, because I mean, you know, Ohio uh, is known for some very major drug dealers, which we really didn't know that till we first got a hold of, of Mr. Giddens um, when he did that movie In Too Deep about him. And there was another guy too; I can't think of the name oh, of him because okay. my husband loves those two movies. Um, we really didn't think of Ohio as a, a major drug state. We we really kind of saw him as y'all as hicks, um, about like they do us here in Virginia. Uh, but we realized there's a whole different industry through the FBI going on in that direction. What what kept you? What influenced you from not joining that that path in the street? Because you know, for every young man, even those who want to move forward in the rap game or other industries, you know, you get enticed by those type things and get caught up, you know, in them. What influenced you to keep you from going in that direction? Because as I, I researched you and, you know, just keeping up with you now, liking the stuff and looking at things that you're doing, I'm seeing that you got some kind of positive background going on. So who influenced you to keep you out of those streets or from being destroyed would, by them, rather? Yeah, I would say the biggest influence is just my, my parents, you know, who I got kind of on with my music stuff, especially when they seen that it started to get a lot more serious. And then just from growing up and seeing, you know, and just how you said, sometimes you can't avoid who your family or friends are or who you know, you know, and sometimes you love those people, but at the same time you have to avoid certain people or even sometimes going out, depending on, you know, who you know or who you don't know, if, if, it, if it's worth it sometimes to go out and do something. And, I mean, I know there's some people who have to take risks and do what they have to do to survive, and, you know, I give, you know, all respect to them, but if you have an opportunity to get out or go somewhere further to where you can do something positive and don't have to do that no more, then that's kind of the direction you should go, especially if you have the money to invest to do something to get you out of it instead of just it building up and you either do end up dead or in prison and, you know, it's it's a long time and then it's just a long ride that you, I see a lot of people, younger cousins or older people, you know, no matter what, you just learn from everybody and see from mistakes and then your own mistakes and hopefully, you know, somehow you can influence someone to think the same way. And now that you're saying that, have you had any friends that you saw that you wish they would have at least chosen your path to do better instead of falling into the cracks and becoming a statistic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially. So, I mean, mean, but for them, did they, you know, because most guys do this more than girls, and I, I find that very awful about it, they seem to get more mad at you guys that decide, okay, I know it's going to be rough, but I'm going to make a name for myself the better way opposed to running from the police or whatever the case may be, doing it your way. Have you had any, you know, guys come back and tell you that you're trying to be phony or you're trying to be better than them? Or yeah, I've had like a yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of that, you know, but I've had, you know, at the same time of having a lot of that, I've had a lot of positive, and I, and I knew a lot of kind of that was going to come with it. Like, I've, there's been other artists, you know, certain, the more I've actually done this, that's what I was going to say, you you would think you'd have more people that came, but it's actually, the you know, more people that straight away, the more they see, oh, it's getting successful, oh, it's getting serious, oh, it's getting real, yeah, the more people stray away, or some try to, you know, stray you back to that, so it's just kind of, like like I said before, either just avoiding people, or just you know, and trying to keep it positive at the same time and not even avoiding, but just, you know, at the same time mm-hmm. keeping it positive if you do see someone. Because it's not like, you know, and if, if it's that serious, of course, I'm I'm going to defend myself, but I'm not out looking for trouble or trying to cause harm. You know, if someone's going to hate, you know, that's just, they're, they're actually taking energy, you know, to think about me. And I don't know why, you know, you'd sit and, you know, waste your time doing that instead of there's, there's so much positive stuff, even if it's not something to do with me that other people could do. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of it, you know, especially doing the music and getting a lot more successful in doing it. Mm-hmm. And they can't say yeah! that, you know, you can't rise above where you come from. You got way too many examples showing you that with Ice Cube, Ice T. I mean, that's just right off the top. Jay-Z, I mean, you know, a whole lot of them, 
came from very bad backgrounds, and yet they chose to, you know, make it better for themselves. I mean, they still have their controversies, but all in all, they chose to be, you know, better than the surroundings they came from. So, I mean, you can't say that you're stuck where you're at. I mean, that, that all depends on the mindset that you have for yourself. So, you know, I'm hoping that you can continue to keep it positive. Do you do any mentoring for any young kids in the area? Because I know um, I was looking at one of the videos that you did, and I saw a record in the background. Um, do you do any mentoring to some of the younger boys in particular um, to let them know that it's better? I mean, even though you're still at start point, and getting there, you'll make it. I mean, getting there, still, you know, it's a positive direction opposed, again, looking over your shoulder, worrying about that next bullet, that next cold mat that you'll be laying on, um, you know, a jail cell you're sitting in. Do you do any of that on your off time? Um, If I have someone who has asked for advice or, like, yeah, certain little cousins, just, yeah, yeah, I will, but I haven't, like, specifically went out and, you know, done that yet. I just kind of need to... From what I figured out from everything that I'm doing, I kind of need to build up and help myself before I can go out and do do certain things. So I'm just kind of been building up within this year, and I hope to do more more things like that, and especially when it comes to sports and other things because it's been some stuff that I've been thinking about. But, I mean, if I can talk to someone who's listening and they do happen to find out I'm an artist and I can give some type of positive talk depending on, you know, where they come from. And then the studio that I used to work at, it was kind of a place that a lot of the, there was a lot of like uh, low income people who would go there, you know, who would go work mm-hmm. at the studio and everything. So it was kind of a good place that some people would go. But it just the only thing that sucked a lot of people would get kicked out really fast just because they just you know just seemed like they're hanging out too much and the place kind of just wanted to be more of who's working or who's doing music. And I think more if there was something like that also in Utah, but there was like a studio where kids could come show their talent more and kind of. It, it be more serious like how it kind of is in California or the other bigger states where it could kind of influence them more to, hey, because just besides being a singer, there's, you know, sound engineers, there's people who work right. the stages, that there's so many different things also. So, you know, there could be something like that that I want to eventually go into, but I just feel like i got to help myself in order to help anybody or to get anybody to really pay attention a lot. I know that's right. And I saw that, you know, a lot of engagement you had um, that you were out, you know, promoting your music and that you had a tour that was supposed to be coming up soon in your area. Tell us a little bit about that and how I was planning for that going. Wait, could you, could you say that again? I saw that you had a lot of engagements because that's what I was liking um, on Instagram, a lot of places that you went and performed and promoting your music. And then I saw that you had a tour, I think, supposed to be coming up in your area. Tell us a little bit about that and how has planning going for it. Yeah, what we're planning for in the show in Utah is we're planning to bring a magazine called Street Motivation Magazine out to Utah, and they're going to be working with me. And we're right now in the works of just kind of figuring out the show and getting all the artists. We're going to have special guests and models and a whole bunch of different things that we're going to be bringing out here to Utah. Okay. Right now, like like you said, it's just in in the plan right now, and I'm kind of not releasing anything until we have like all the official stuff ready to go. But it's something that will be either you know some sometime in September. Okay, okay. Now, Birdie, representing your name as your hook, why did you pick that as your representation, and is a hook important nowadays to an artist? Is it like the hook to the choruses? Mm-hmm. No, the hook to your name. Instead of using your real name, you use Birdie. Is the hook important, a concept to an artist nowadays, instead of using your real name? Um, I, I would honestly say, like, Birdie is my real name, and that's why I use the name. Like, my real name is, like, like my name's Ricky, but I've been called Birdie since I was born by, like, all my family mm-hmm. and then eventually, like, friends. So it's kind of became, like, my nickname that became my actual name. So okay. just, just the same how you said with being more real, it was like, well, it's kind of the only name to pick, and it was kind of good for rap because it was different, yeah. Okay. Now, Birdie music, as far as, like you said, you want to change it to flash at some point once you get it off the ground. I know it's been a lot of sacrifice and time going in to trying to get everything managed and everything put together. Do you have any artists on your label yet? And do you regret going into business as a record label or trying to get it off the ground? 
Um, right now, no, I don't have any artists that I'm, like, officially trying to get on or anything. I think it's just kind of from, like I said, or from what I've seen, I kind of got to build myself up first as an artist. And I think mm-hmm. as starting a record label, I need to build myself as an artist before I can do the record thing. That's just something that I have future plans that once everything takes off, that eventually I'm going to invest in, you know, when it takes off, you know, independent-wise. But I think i got to focus on myself as an artist. And then when I can, able to help, because that's the most important thing, you know, then there's going to be, it, hopefully I'm, you know, and most likely from what I've been doing and pushing and from what I've been learning, and this is kind of, you know, my goals and what I'm pushing, you know, I'm when it does go, you know, that big and get major, that's when I know I can help give back and offer a lot of opportunities that I'm not, you know, going to be offered without being able to help myself get up there first as an artist. Now, West Coast thing, that single and a couple others that I heard um, from you on YouTube, are they going to go onto a mixtape or album? Because I didn't see one um, prepared to be in the works. So do you plan on getting one in the works? Yeah, there is one in the works. I have a lot of stuff already made and ready to go. I'm just still recording some of the stuff and deciding what it's going to go on because West Coasting was kind of big. So I want to, you know, and especially I'm hoping to get it even bigger and take off more. So Hopefully I can kind of, you know, get something out, but I'm just, I'm not, you know, not anytime soon, but yeah, it's going to go on an album or a mixtape, and I have a lot of stuff in the works right now. I'm just still picking songs and thinking, you know, which ones I'm going to put that West Coast thing is going to go with. Now, do you know anything about Rhyme Schemes? Because he's another artist that's on um, Blacktopia. Do you know anything about his music? Have you listened to any of his music? Yeah, I'm actually on a Rhyme Schemes album, uh, Rhyme Again, on the I Made You song, uh, track number three. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that track? It's I Made You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's with the, the Arm- Armageddon, Rhyme Scheme, Amazon, and myself. Okay. And how was working with Scheming? That's what I call him, Scheming. How was, <laughs> how was working with him? Yeah, it was pretty cool um, getting on. It was like a contest that I got into to get onto it, you know, and a lot of people voted. And from there, I just kind of got on the album, and I think he was kind of impressed with the verse from what he told me and everything about it. And from there, it was just, you know, kind of took off. And being on the album, you know, the Armageddon with the Terror Squad, you know, especially because, you know, I know of Armageddon and all of them from, you know, when I was younger. I've seen, like, a lot of their freestyles on Rap City. And I'm a big fan of, like, Fat Joe, too, and Big Punt, so... It was cool being on an album, you know, it was it was really cool being on an album with those guys. How did you hook up with him and was he instrumental in launching your cre- your career? Um, how I met him was at a Spice One show out here in Salt Lake City. I gave him my card and then he hit me back for a show out here in Vegas. And right now kind of he's just kinda of doing his own thing and I'm just kinda of pushing the West Coast thing and a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. But when it comes to working together, you know, we just did the show out here in June, and we performed I Made You together. There's a lot of video footage on YouTube and my page and everything. It was a pretty cool performance. Okay. Are you still connected with DRS Entertainment? And how did you hook up with them? Yeah, that's who I have the distribution through from, and that's with Ryan Scheme, because that's from how I explained with me and Ryan Scheme, and that's who I have the distribution through for West Coast thing. Okay. Now, we all know that hip-hop and and the rap industry is a billion-dollar juggernaut, and you're talking about now building yourself. I mean, hooking up with Rhyme Scheme and probably other artists, you are well on your way to getting recognized because I've been following your music. Like I said, that's why I like it on Instagram. Um, When you post most of the shows and places that you've been on now, how do you want this to work for you and for your company? being a part of that movement going forward into 2018? Um, I just wanted to get to the next level to where, you know, uh, just with myself business-wise that my booking will go up, you know, fan base is going up, a, a lot of the connections that I need is going up, and, you know, I'm getting a video that I'm working on that I'm trying to work with some other people that I'm going to be doing for West Coast things, so I'm just hoping that it takes off even more. And then I have a lot of things planned for, you know, September, and then I have a big show in October, and I'm going to be opening up for the game in Nipsey Hustle, and there's going to be a lot more other uh, big headlining acts at the Shatter Cup. It'll be at the Victorville Fairgrounds, so I'm really excited about doing that show. And there's just a lot of big plans that I have coming ahead that hopefully, you know, everything is going to get me more noticed and more and more music also to be coming out too. 
Do you realize that every time they have a racial movement in some state, it always comes back to the music industry and different artists, especially hip-hop um, and R&B. And there was a comment underneath um, your song that I made, you know, the one that you did, I made you. Um, people were saying that a lot of white artists are trying to take music from black artists. Being white yourself, well, you look mixed to me, but being white yourself, do you see that yeah, as a I'm detriment? A, I'm actually a, I'm actually a Hispanic, you know, Mexican. Mm-hmm. That's what and, I thought. I mean, because I didn't think you was completely white because I'm looking in your face and I, I, I don't see that. But, I mean, as far as an artist, do you do you see or hear any negative feedback about that? You know, because for me, it's, it's about all of you guys being able to make something out of this industry. There's plenty of room for growth and financial increase for everybody. But, you know, they're always that, that group of ignorance, you know, that wants to stigmatize and label you guys or pitch you against one another. While you were out performing, have you come across any of that negativity? No, I haven't come across anything yet, but I have, you know, in my own state, I've I've kind of seen and heard from certain things that I was kind of, you know, not expecting, I guess, from, you know, from white people that I've seen something of like, you know, white people run rap and I'm not, you know, giving any names or anything, but I've seen like other Mm -hmm. local artists post things of like that from out here and that's kind of something that's, you know, like separate from it, but not, you know, being out, I've, I've seen a lot of support and love actually more than I've seen from my home state, you know, and that's what I'm trying to get to the home, you know, my home state to understand, you know, all the positive stuff besides all the negative things also, you know, and, and there's all the good feedback, like, you know, we talked about before, there's negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And I've seen most of the time being out of state, I don't know a lot more people are a lot more realer and honest, like they'll come up and tell you, oh, you suck or actually you're good and, yeah, I haven't had anybody mm-hmm. tell me anything, you know, negative. I've had people tell me some pretty amazing, cool, uplifting stuff, which makes me keep pushing right. more, which makes me keep wanting to go out to these states more because a lot, you know, everybody's just more honest, and they're going to tell you if you're good or bad out here. There's a lot of people who will be honest with you, but there's some who's, you know, not going to fully tell you what they think or what they don't think. And that's what's okay. kind of more benefit to, to learn with the music. You know, I like to know if I'm doing good or if I'm doing bad because if I'm doing bad, then I need to figure out something else to do. And with everything that I've been hearing, and you know, especially music-wise, because that's what I am trying to push and become an artist. Right. You know, all the positive feedback and everything I've heard just makes me continue to push it even more. I don't blame you, because I mean, you're doing well. I I don't see any problems. When you did your first show, like on Eight Mile with Eminem, when you did your first show, were you really nervous? Oh uh, yeah, I was I was nervous, especially, and then because my very very first show that I did, it was just a local show. I had I had a no nobody crowd. I had like one person there, and I had the and I sung for 15 minutes. I had like five songs, you know, and did all the songs just as just as hard or just as good as gave a great performance as if there was 5,000 people. But yeah, there, there was nobody there yet for my very first time performing. Okay, and I mean you, you know. know what I mean? Hmm. Oh yeah, and I've oh, done you know. There's a lot of shows like that. You gotta you know push through in order to keep it to where it starts getting bigger and bigger in order to you know figure out if this is really for you or not because it doesn't start out easy or you know in no way. And financially speaking, because I mean a lot of artists are told even when they start out that the pay is between you know five and six figures. We know this is not true. How does it go for you? when you do your shows out there? I mean, what what does a financial night basically look like without completely getting in your business? I mean, to be realistic, because there are people listening who are interested in getting into the business, because every time I do a Welcome to the Country and I'm talking to an artist, every there are other people listening who may want to get into this. Be realistic with them about the outcome of when they do a show. Because, I mean, unless you picked up by a major label, which, I mean, I really don't think you guys should do nowadays because you end up not being an individual anymore. But, I mean, a night after you've done a show, financially, what does that look like, the takeaway? I think just from what I've learned in the very first show, because our our very first show that we threw ourselves without working, you know, with anybody else or just being put on a slot was this last show in June. Mm-hmm. 
and I would say just depending on how much you promote and how hard you go and how much you want to work and push at it, you know, I would say, you know, not, not given a exact, you know, amount, but anywhere from just, just as starting out as an artist doing it and making sure everything right from, you know, maybe four to $6,000. Okay. And that all depends on who is promoting you and where, where you're performing. Is that correct? Cause that's what I'm yeah, well, I just don't even think it depends on you know. I just think it depends on how how good who's who's promoting or how good you are promoting it yourself or how much you're willing mm-hmm. to also. Because there's the other things with you know going setting up places to sell tickets, giving away you know free things, mm-hmm. making sure you get to all your local businesses and talk to everybody. You know, getting local artists on and also making it you know a part about giving back and a part of your community also when it comes to the show also to get everybody else involved. And just from what I'm learning from from the first show, you know, hopefully it can take off more and more, and things can pick up more and more when it comes to booking and being able to give more. Because I'm I'm kind of new to it also, so like I said, that was our first show that we did, so it was just kind of successful, and we just want to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger from everything that we can do, and hopefully take it off to the point where it, it is it is something you know major. Right now, to be booked, do you have to pay to be booked? That's a question somebody's asking me as well. Do you have to pay to be booked? As of right now, what I'm uh, what I'm doing for booking fees, you know, if it comes to out of state or if it, you know, depending on because I haven't worked out exactly like a price in state, but what I'm doing is, you know, either charging for, you know, kind of room and, and travel fees, you know, and, and I'll be there for the show just to start out with something to give like a value to myself. Mm-hmm. What about the your person that's um helping um manage and you know give you that publicity? Uh, are you having to pay them any fees as well? Yeah, as long as yeah, once they're a part of my team, and that's what's good about like why I've, I've got family involved because it's good with helping everybody make money and helping everybody keep it you know all together, and it's just kind of beneficial because if it does take off even bigger, you know that's something that could be another thing. You know, you can't have so you know there's if if you do happen to get you know a certain amount or so much money, there's so many jobs you know you can offer also to other people. So that's why. The more and more I can take off, the more and more I can get more people involved and more people, you know, eating and, and, and pushing it and going and showing them, you know, that it's something that can be positive to be built to help out, you know, as many people as I possibly can, you know, family, friend, or new people that I do meet fan-wise or, you know, anybody who supports. Okay. Now, other than Ryan Schemes, are there any other artists that you would like to collaborate with? Um, In the future... Um, as of right now, I'm probably I don't. You mean like someone like that? I have like a dream to do like a feature with, or. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, probably like as of right now, like uh, the artist Currency, or like uh, Nipsey Hussle, or like the Game. You know, someone like that, Wiz Khalifa. I don't know. There's there's a lot of artists I'd like to do features with. You know, like major wise. Mhm. Man, you know, we've been talking about hip-hop for a while, and, I mean, I'm all into, you know, getting yourself together, which I'm glad you keep you keep going back to that because it's very important that you be well-rounded as an artist, Birdie himself, before yes, yes. you present yourself to other people and help them. But right now, with the state of hip-hop that it's in, is there anything that you would like to change about hip-hop currently? I would like to maybe bring back, like, how how you was talking about Ice Cube. I, I mean, if you're going to talk about, like, uh, drugs or doing them, at least explain it in a story to where it shows how it does end up negative instead of just telling people, you know, to pop all these pills or do all these type of drugs that's not, you know, uh, marijuana. Because, you know, I, I support that, you know, that kind of drug, but I don't really support any other kind of drug, you know, that you could say to sit and do. You know, if people got to, you know, do what they have to do, but I just think when they're saying, you know, pop all these type of pills and drink all this syrup, you know, the outcome that can eventually come from doing those kind of drugs, especially to your brain, if it doesn't kill you, you know, it's just, it's not going to make you smarter and you're not going to learn more doing those hard drugs. And I would like to, you know, if you make some songs like that, at least make a point that, you know, what it's going to do to you in the end, kind of like how Scarface or Ice Cube, you know, they describe like the streets or doing certain drugs or whatever it is that you do, you know, it's going to end up in this outcome, you know, and kind of make the, the songs more, like that again, instead of you know pushing to do these type of drugs in you know, party. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about those artists that promote that kind of neg- negativity? And I mean, what do you think about hip hop itself? I mean, actual hip hop, because I know you're within it yourself, and you really don't want to say 
a lot about people. But this what welcome to the country. I right? we give it to people straight. That we don't we shoot from the hip. We don't we don't hide shit. We say exactly how we feel. And I mean for you as artists, I feel like all of you guys are being looked at under a magnifying glass, no matter if you're at the beginning or the pinnacle of your career. And I've always said to all the artists that I talk to, everybody remembers you at the beginning for some strange-ass reason. Nobody remembers the accomplishments you've done, even philanthropist work, along the way. It always reverts back to when you first got into the business. And, I mean, it seems like that's the most important part of you is now where you're at, at the beginning. But hip-hop as a whole has, I mean, it's taken on a whole another genre as far as going back to the Milli Vanilli days where it's not genuine music. It's whitewashed. It's, it, it's cycled. And I mean, if for you listening to all of your songs, even listening to you on Instagram and I've liked it, everything about you is unique and genuine and there's new flavor to it. I mean, how do you feel up against those people that you watch make a million dollar off a song that all I say is, I'm going to fuck you, I'm going to fuck you, I'm going to fuck you, 20 times over, and they make a million dollars up against West Coast thing, and you actually have music there that I'm sitting in my head still popping the song hours after this and going off the air. How do you feel about these people truthfully as an artist? I just think, you know, people got to, you know, there's certain artists, like I said, that I explained, like, I, I like certain artists, like, uh, one I could say is, like, Future, that's what I was saying, like, I like Future a lot in certain songs, but, like, his new song, and then I even like the beat, you know, and kind of the, the chorus that he's talking where he's telling everybody to, you know, pop Molly and do Percocets, you know, and he's saying it over and over, you know, and it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of stuff is what, I'm, is what I'm talking about, but at the same time, it's like, you have to let people do what they want to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and hopefully... You know, if it meets up, you know, if it's an artist, you know, depending on, you know, I guess I can't have anything personal that I can sell until I actually meet an artist. You know, I could say I dislike this guy or dislike this guy, but he might make the worst music, but he's a good person. So I can't really mm-hmm. say, it, you know, on an artist that I haven't really met yet, even if he is a major artist, because I might not like this artist's music, but I might end up, you know, liking this guy as a person or, or a girl, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who it is. So that's why I just think I got to focus on my own thing and not hating and not even kind of worrying about that and staying unique right. as I can, especially with with what I plan to do and plan with music wise. So that way I can introduce something new and hopefully influence. And if I do have to, you know, go up against an artist or a major or whatever it is, you know, if it's something that does come down to an artist that's disliked, you know, I'm, you know, going to either, you know, hopefully, you know, if I do do a song with that kind of artist that I'm going to make a positive point and try to kill the artist on the song, you know, as much as I can, because, at the same time as business, you know, it's like a competition. So I just think mm-hmm. I kind of have to do my own thing and not really worry about how good or bad. But, yeah, as a fan-wise, I do think, you know, there's a lot of change that could happen to hip-hop with being a part of it. Hopefully it's something that I can just influence myself and, and you know, make enough noise to get my point across just like everybody else and, you know, get some type of movement that's a lot more positive. But well, see, you just said the, the magic two words positive and influence and see for me as a listener me as a um customer who's going out there to purchase you know the music of any artist whether i'm buying your mixtape or whatever the case may be those two things are very important to me influence and positivity because you have a lot of young kids who have no background they're like my general you know my age 44 and above that we looked up to those guys we listened to their music some of it if they were guys that didn't have anybody they those songs became gospel and Eminem made a point with that that song he did Stanley that that song was exactly an example of being an influence on somebody's life you know what I'm saying? So for you guys, regardless of how you really want to be looked at by the public, there are children out there who have no one. And if they can relate or think they can relate to who you are, they take up they take up a, a, a niche with you guys as if you were a surrogate parent to them. So how important to you is influence and positivity when it comes to these babies, 7 to maybe 17 years old, listening to your music? Well, I think those are the most important people that I do have to reach and with making sure, like, you know, with giving nothing but a positive, you know, at the, but at the same time, like I said before, 
or at least giving them some songs, you know, with positive, like, you know, like Ice Cube or Scarface explaining that, you know, you do take this road, this is the road it's going to get you to, guaranteed, so don't take that road, you know, go somewhere else, and as, you know, and telling them something about, you know, especially like here in Utah, like speaking about something like, you know, suicide or, you know, human trafficking, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out here in Utah that's becoming like big deals to try to explain, you know, that, this is a negative result, but maybe uplift, you know, in the song at the same time, there's just a whole bunch of different things and topics and, and different stuff that I feel like I have to reach in order to get into people. And then with what's going on in America, you know, you want a lot of young kids to understand, you know, we are all the same and it's not all this, you know, white stuff that's going on. It's kind of crazy. I see all over the news, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. we are all together because, you know, something like that is, you know, and then especially with American, it's like you're you're preaching and pushing something that you're trying to influence, and especially a younger generation that doesn't have something, you know, like you said, they're looking for something to be influenced by, so it's kind of steer your direction that, you know, maybe you choose to be whatever it is you choose to be or your color, but, you know, we are all the same, and be judged kind of like, you know, by a human that you are and not by what you look like or all the other stuff. Now, would you ever, if somebody offered you, a million dollars, and I've asked most of the artists this, to compromise your morals, which I didn't see you mention any type of religious background. Do you have any religious background? Um, I'm Catholic, and I believe in all that, but I actually, like, I love history, and I like philosophy, so I kind of believe in a lot of different philosophies and other religions also. You know, I think, you know, certain ones, especially that's not something negative or something evil, I just think it's kind of all connected somehow, and I just like philosophies as much as my religion, along with a lot of other religions, because there's a lot of other things you can learn from, not just, okay. you know, being, you know, on one track. So I don't know, like spiritual and religion, I kind of believe in all of it, you know, when it comes to a lot of different, you know, philosophies and religions. Okay, so if someone offered you a million dollars to compromise your morals and your beliefs, would you do that for that million? From from what I've seen, hopefully, you know, not taking the deal would be smart. I've seen a video from Master P about the same type of situation where he said if I got signed to do something negative for a certain amount of money, he said, you know, and I didn't take that deal. He said, but the next deal that I did get when he, I guess, went to Priority Records that he was making, his records were selling more than Ice Cube and, and you know, everybody else who was on the label. So he said sometimes, you know, passing up, even if the benefit seems like at the time you just have to jump on it, he's like, you know, kind of backtrack and, you know, make sure you're you're really seeing what you're getting yourself into so you can understand that if it's something, just like you said, you don't want to end up like, you know, the young thug guy in a dress on, on the front of an album. And I don't know if he chose to do that or someone made him do that, but it's like, it's kind of obvious with the amount of money, you know, it's like you can get a lot, like you said, to someone to go against their morals to just jump against something. So hopefully passing on something to go against what I believe in will be worth it for the for whatever the next shot is. Okay. And your support system, which I saw you had a lot of family feedback and background. Who is Jean Archuleta? Yeah, that's actually that? my manager, but it is my mother also. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hi, Mom, because she likes a lot of stuff when I like on it. I was like, let me make sure first let me ask who that is. Okay. I mean, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's very important to have a solid but a small um, gathering of supporters. You don't need a bunch of people around you because too many people cause confusion. Um, yeah. So for you and family, that seems to be very important to you as far as keeping you motivated, keeping you grounded. Do you have any children? Because I didn't see any of that either. Yeah, I have a six-year-old son. Okay. You keep that very private. That's why I said, let me ask them. Well, I have and some stuff that I post on my Facebook. Yeah, I do keep a lot private, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as, as far as you as a person and being an artist, like I'm telling you, to be honest with you, once you put yourself out there and you become very good at what you do, it's like a two-edged sword. You want to be the best at who you are, but yet that spotlight gets shown on you and everything about you becomes everybody's business. So, you know, when I interview you guys, I try to already get, I mean, I know we're supposed to talk directly about your business, but you do that on everybody's show. I try to get to the personal part of you, so that way by the time somebody plays this again, they've already heard it. That way they can't come at you and surprise you with anything stupid. And and as far as you having a six-year-old and, and being a boy on top of that, how do you really feel as a father about presenting your music? Because, I mean, I see you keep talking about motivating and, 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 and building yourself 
that baby a part of that, your son a part of keeping you positive and doing what is right opposed to, you know, whatever is the quick way as everybody else has chosen to do? Yeah, he's probably the number one reason, yeah, that I'm that I'm doing all this and it just kind of is a coincidence when he was first born, like the area that we ended up living in and just kind of how everything went. I wouldn't have got because I wasn't even looking at this direction of music at all. But when he was mm-hmm. born, I happened to when I got on the computer and I did some stuff at this uh, at the apartment that we lived at, and I happened to find that studio that I was telling you about earlier. And it's kind of mm-hmm. I got into it when I was you know first you know when he was just little little, and it happened to be at the place and, and the timing and everything. So I just think if he wasn't born and everything kind of didn't happen, even if there's been some negative things in the process, I just think none of this would have kind of been happening. So he's kind of the number one reason I, I keep doing it. And also, if I do become something bigger, there will be a lot of opportunities also to pass down to him and to show him if, I mean, if something like this can be accomplished, you know, then you could pretty much do anything you, you want to do in your life. Because if, if I could become this based off of, you know, nothing and coming from, you know, I have a lot of, you know, but we've been through a lot and everything, and especially like mm-hmm. with personal life and all that, to be able to accomplish, you know, and becoming, you know, in, in the majors when it comes to this music and the entertainment industry it would show a lot that, you know, you could kind of become anything you want to become. If I can do this, it's like you have no excuse, you know, whatever you want to become, you know, you could see that it's possible that I pushed it this hard and showed that it was something that, you know, you can be whatever you want. And you the have young to really work as hard as you want. You're right. And the young people in this generation, and I really don't like this generation because it, it stems from those who were raised improperly. A lot of them have now become the parent, and you can see the behaviors that they learn being reflected, I want to say nicely, in their children. And and they can't help it, and they become a negative influence on children that people are trying to raise right. From what you've seen going over um, different places, especially in your area, and, you know, promoting your music, to you, what direction do it look like the young people are headed in? Because I don't see it positive. I mean, I'm trying to imprint it in a deep right, but I'm not really seeing a positive outcome from this. I mean, it's just getting worse by the day. But for you as an artist, I mean, and as a father, and certainly as a man, how do you see um, the young folk and what direction that they're headed in? Because you're, you're, you're not too far back there in that direction of the 20s and 30s. What do they look like to you now? Well, you know, in the positive way, I would say, you know, there's a lot of smart kids, especially with knowing all this online stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of kids who are able to get things started money-wise, business-wise, if they're smarter when it comes to all this technology and all these things that everybody's learning, you know, to become artists and all these different things and also many different ways, you know, to make money, especially when it comes to all this online and all that. And I think that's positive. But with what I've seen and, and learned, you know, in the negative way, how you're kind of saying there's there's a lot of, you know, uh, suicide rate, a lot more drug use. Uh, kids are a lot more ignorant, a lot, you know, don't listen as much. Kids are a lot more mm-hmm. daring and crazier. Um, it, it is a lot more, you know, focusing on the technology more than a lot more things. I think there's a lot of stuff that's kind of, I don't know, changing along, along good and bad. So I just, and, and in our area, that's kind of a lot that I'm seeing what I explain. But, I mean, I'm asking you because, you know, soon your baby will be going, if he's not already in school, joining these children. Um, you know, and then that means a lot more watchful eye between you, his mother, your mother, and others, you know, to keep him on a positive path, which, you know, it's a lot harder to do, especially, you know, if they befriend a child that's a problem child. It's kind of hard for you to say, okay, I, I want to <laughs> pick your friend. You know what I mean? I mean, you really want to do it because I know I did. You really want to say I want to pick your friend, but then they don't learn anything. Then you don't want them to learn anything bad. I mean, so I mean, for you as a father going forward, how do you see yourself trying to steer him in the proper direction to not make as many mistakes? I mean, because they're going to make him growing up in the way you did. But, you know, to not make the kind of mistakes you know you can steer him from. I just think kind of to be honest and more open-minded and don't hide anything from him and teach him as much as he can possibly learn and whatever it is that he decides to fall in love with uh, career-wise or just as a hobby or something kind of to embrace it and just kind of don't push him into too much of something that he don't want to be pushed into 
so they don't, you know, go against things because I have, you know, just me personally being young, I've had friends that, you know, I've said, oh, they are, they gave different names or said I wasn't hanging around, that I was hanging around. So it's like you have to think at the same time when you were younger, you know, what were you going to do if you told someone or your kid not to do this? So it's just you have to kind of learn from your lessons and hopefully, you know, it's just, it's just kind of teach them positive and just let them, you know, I think, and also lead by example too. You can't tell them all these things and then not kind of follow along with it. And like you said, we're going to make mistakes, but it's just you have to stay on the same path that you're going to stay or it's going to lead you somewhere, you know, that you shouldn't go. So I think it's going to be a challenge, but it's, at the same time, it's like if I can get something a lot more bigger with this, I think I can provide a lot more opportunities and, you know, things mm-hmm. to family and especially my son, yeah. Okay. And, I mean, as far as you per se, now, you know, being, is it more Hispanic in you? Because, I mean, I'm black and Indian. Is there is there more Hispanic in you or is it Hispanic and white mixed? Yeah, I'm not any white at all. I'm just uh, full Hispanic and Spanish, yeah. Okay. Or Mexican now, and Spanish, yeah. Okay, I'm asking you because, see, it's been a cliche. And I don't know how it is in Ohio, but I know how it is in California and Florida as far as the Hispanic community. There is an old cliche about you guys not being allowed to date black women. And in in this or it's, it's um frowned upon. <laughs> I'm just saying, hold on. In this generation now with you know racial issues being an issue, um how do you feel about that? I think it's, it's is, strong, is that, is that true? Well, I, I don't. I would say more of like, yeah, if you're like really into, you know, being Mexican or into your heritage, yeah, like your o- older ones, like your, yeah, your grandma, your, you know, they they might say something like, hey, you know, don't don't bring home. But I think with more of the younger generation, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of changed. And especially being from out here, it's kind of half and half. It's like because I'm like I said, I'm Mexican and Spanish, but I don't, you know, speak too much Spanish. You know, I know some of the bad words, but I don't really speak Spanish like fluently. So that's why mm-hmm. I think, you know, in, in certain ways it's like we follow our heritage, but I think, yeah, when it comes to, you know, I guess when certain, certain Mexicans, yeah, when it comes to there are, you know, just like any other, you know, there are racists and certain ones it's going to be like, oh, no, yeah, that's wrong to bring a black girl that, I, you know, I've heard of from like older ones or certain mm-hmm. ones. But in my opinion, I don't think, you know, it's something that, you know, is especially with the new generation, you know, there's just so much that's accepted now, so it's just a lot different. And I don't know, I've never seen anything like that because I've had a lot of black friends, so it's just, yeah, it was mm-hmm. never something that... And then plus in my family, with uh, I, I have black relatives also who's, you know, mixed Mexican and black, so it's just kind of something that I could never really... But there was some, you know, certain, I guess, situations, but I, I'm not for sure, like, being around. But I know certain older ones, yeah. Yeah, they do, because it was, yeah, back in the, you know, the 80s and 90s and, and my day, yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't mostly the moms and the dads. It was grandma, and and the great grandmoms that you know. It was a no no. You didn't. Yeah. That's what I'm just yeah. wondering. Was it still, you know, still a part of, you know, you guys heard this? Because you just, I mean, to say that people want to change things, but change some older folk is just the way they were raised. And yeah, you know, and like with you my know, parents, you, you they had friends. That, you know, them. they had friends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you respect what they say, but you you, you know you're gonna do your own thing anyway. You you just respect now, but you know you ain't trying to <laughs> you ain't trying to hear what you're saying. It's you know it's just just yeah. a different generation. Just the old ones in their old that. ways, yeah. Yes, and you're not gonna change them. You're not. I mean, that's to say that that's what's going on now in this country. You have a lot of old heads still alive, still kicking. They have their own ways of doing things, and they're not gonna change. They don't they don't care what you say because they still see, you know, the old way. So, I mean, you know, I'm just wondering, was it still a major issue um, among y'all communities? Because I know we, black and white already, we have our own problems. But, you know, the you know y'all, the Hispanics, the Mexicans, and the Chinese, it was an issue about bringing, I'm not going to say the word they said to me, but bringing <laughs> that, you know, you know, around the house. And, I mean, you know, we, I didn't, you know, take it any kind of way that we were used to the whites, you know, picking at us and stuff. So it was no big deal about it. But, you know, I'm just wondering your take on it, you know, as far as the racial issues. Because it's, get, it's getting pretty bad when they're trying to make everybody draw straws and pick sides. And I'm not I'm not picking anything but my own. Um, I go by a person's inside, not the outer appearance. 
Yeah, because that's what I think, be... like, with, with my parents, like, growing up, like, they had, you know, and they were kind of like how you said that now the new generation, they had, you know, black friends, white friends, you know, it didn't it didn't really mm. matter when it came to race, and then especially, I guess, just the way they were raised, you know, they weren't really, you know, so I think that's kind of, with me, it was like, it wasn't really being judged off of anything like that, it was just more, but being from Utah, you know, there are some certain racism that you do see in more mm-hmm. of the uppity areas, or from, you know, certain religious bias, there are still a lot of that that still goes on out here, especially. Right. I mean, I mean, because this is my opinion on the bird, and I mean this, and I've told people that who have gotten mad with me, my clients and other folks as well, if you feel like that and <laughs> want me to pick sides, then I need you to do this. If you're married to black or white or Mexican or green, blue, or orange, I need you to divorce them and come back to your side where you belong. So if you if you want to, you, you can't be hypocritical about it. You're going to have to give up who you with, your entire family, and come on the side where you belong. You know, and when I said that, you know, people got face red and looked at me stupid with wide eyes, but I'm serious. If you want to if you wanna take it to that and, and make racial lines, then I need you, I don't care if, how good your marriage is, I need you to divorce who you married to that's unub your color and come back to your side you belong. You know, so nobody's willing to split hairs with that. That's why I don't see the whole point of the racial issue in general. I don't see it because nobody is a straight color no more. No one. So I, I don't and, understand and you, just the like whole a, Just like in history, if you look at that, there was never ever a time when they judged each other off of, off of their color. It was always off uh-uh. of something else that they, they they may be of like what clan you came from or what religion you came from, but right. nobody whether they were white, black, whatever color they were so back right. in those times that everybody so wants right. to argue about. That they never talked about it until the new age of the new Europeans mm-hmm. that did what, you know, what they did. And then the, that's kind of what they're bringing up. And that's why I think all these Trump guys are all these, whatever they were doing, you know, that the tapping mm-hmm. with that girl dying and everything. It's like, you guys are saying you're American, but you're supporting something that America fought against. So it's just the whole, the whole cause of it is just a bunch they're just a bunch of, you know, stupid people getting together, doing dumb things. And it doesn't, it but doesn't you make know what? any sense. I will give you a like, double clap for that because you are so right. Back in the day, nobody looked at it as far as color. It was your status. You're, you are so right. I mean, you hit that. I mean, tell everybody how old you are, Birdie, first of all. I'm, I'm 25. Okay. Look how young you are to say what you just said out your mouth. You said which would have been a million-dollar answer to a question right there because nobody really paid attention to color because nobody was a straight color even back then. It was about status. Yeah. How far I don't mean fail. to offend anybody, but like even the Egyptians no, 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 who no, were, no, you know, no, no, you say that. Of, this goes to the country. I got you. So if they come at you, they okay. come at me. You say exactly what you think. And when you said that, though, I'm gonna post that because when you said that, that was an entire mouthful right there. Nobody looked at the color. They went by what you had, the status of where you came from, education, yeah. money. You know, all those things matter, not color and why, because nobody was a straight damn color. Nobody was. To this day, we're really not. I mean, yeah, you see, my husband's black, we're blacker than me, and I got friends that are married to um, different <laughs> races, and some friends that are married to white on white, both of them Italy, but I mean, that's because that's who we chose to be with, not because it was a systematic, you know what I'm saying? made difference. And again, it didn't matter. We didn't get with them people because of the color of their skin. We got with them because well, I ain't gonna say, but it was the way they look and how they act. <laughs> I'm just saying, that is the truth. That is a criteria for some women. How you look, how you act, I mean, can you work, um, you know, the bed yeah. was important too. We're looking at all them things. You know, your color don't really matter to me. You know, so for my generation, we didn't really give a damn about that. And even the one before us, it was everything else that made you who you were. And for you at 25 to say that, that was awesome. So kudos and hats off to Miss Jean, because that was no joke what you just said out your mouth. That's something everybody keeps circling around but won't say. They keep circling that, but they won't say that. And that is the absolute truth. Color was never looked at. It was everything else but. Yeah, just like uh, back to it, like in Egypt, you know, even though people want to say there there were a lot of dark people there, so whether they were black or brown, they had black or brown slaves. And then people in Ireland, I mean, they were all white there. They didn't have colored slaves. They had their own color of skin of slaves. It was about, you know, the status and all that. So it's just confusing. And then when race, yeah, got brought up. So that's why I like learning about history because it kind of opens your mind to a lot. You know, and I've I've liked history since I was young. So once you kind of understand, like, a lot about it, you can really – 
I don't know. It's just that's why you learn a lot about that, and it just it kind of either you know cycles itself or repeats itself or something new breaks it. And going all the way back, whether technology or not, it usually always repeats itself, and most of the time comes out a good outcome, no matter how bad it has to start out. Right. Right, and I mean, it's just for me, I mean, you know, and even for you guys as an artist, I don't care what nobody says, everything touches your own lives. I mean, this is why I bring up these things when I even do the interviews on the show that I share with Butterfly and Jay. Um, I bring these things up with y'all personally because it's still going to affect you financially in your business. It's still going to affect everything that you do with, you know, the way people perceive you. Look, we thought you were white, and see, you're not. See? Perception is a whole thing that you know. You know, it, it makes the difference between you being a million dollar artist and a starter artist. And it's sad to say, but even that makes a difference on how well you fly with the public. And it's sad they don't really look at your skill. Sometimes you know that's the truth. A lot of these people look at the color of the artist. They don't really look the artist's music, and you know how well they are. And I just, I just think that you know, all of these things and factors pay, you know, pay tribute to how you guys become who you are in the business. And it's up to you as the artist. I know it's a lot of extra work and headache that you don't want to deal with, but you're going to deal with it eventually. And you know, it's, it's better, you know, to get those things out exactly how you feel and where you stand on them. You know, it's important that the public know that so we can know how to decipher you from, you know, an artist that don't care. You know, certain personal issues I'm glad you do care about and watch, even though you're still trying to be a birdie and get everything straight and keep a good home for your son, you are still concerned with the events that go on. You don't let them reflect who you are, but I'm glad that you're still concerned with them so you can know how to address them and address yourself in the public. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to come up again. I don't, I don't care. It may be somebody on a major label that asks you the questions I'm asking you right now. And it all depends how you can be able to answer. And that's why I said kudos to your mom. You're going to be just fine. Just fine. Thank you. <laughs> just fine. Nancy, any, before we leave and get off here, is there anything you want to plug towards your music? Um, Anything you want to say about your other songs coming out? Yeah, as of right now, anybody trying to get information or find out anything new about new songs, you know, new anything that I'm doing, you can find on Facebook on the Birdie Music page, on Instagram, uh, Birdie Music 17, on Twitter, Birdie17A. Uh, I have a on SoundCloud, you can find also there's some free tracks on there. That's uh, Birdie17. And then my email address for booking and all of the info is fdbirdiemusic at gmail.com. All right, James, anything you want to add before we let him get on out of here? Jay. <laughs> Sometimes you got to yell at him. Did, did he get lost? He might have muted himself. Hello? Oh, my God, seriously? <laughs> Jay. Well, yeah, yeah. He might have muted himself. Go ahead. What would you agree to say? Oh, I was just saying where you at, Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, okay, yeah. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm here. I was, I muted myself. I did mute myself. <laughs> but I got, I got a new. Uh, I got, I got this new phone, and I'm, I was like, man, I, I'm trying to get back to the, the pad. I, it was. It was stupid. Sorry, my bad. I had to uh, swipe from a different direction. <laughs> 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 Is there anything you want to add? Because he, he, he need to get on up out of here to get his baby. Come on. You got anything you want yeah, to add? Yeah, definitely. Actually, you know what, Birdie? You want to meet Birdman? Mm-mm. 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 Is there anything Birdman that you want to say? <laughs> y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. Good night. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, Birdie. If you guys have a good one, thank you. All right. Definitely. I'm still watching. <laughs>